Blog Talk Radio. I have succumbed to the dark side. I now have day pajamas and night pajamas. I have not given in to other quarantine vices, day drinking or Netflix at noon. You know, because if you're sitting around drinking a gin and tonic at 1 o'clock and watching Space Force, you've given up. I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Brett from the Bunker. It is Friday, June 19th, 2020. We are here. It is 11 a.m. on Eastern Standard Time. Hello, Renovska. How are you? Good. How are you? Welcome. Good. Renovska is my guest today. Yes, it is Friday. Uh, Now, let me ask you this. I ask everybody this. This is the first question. How are you holding up? I am holding up very well. (laughs) Okay, good. So far. Okay, that's so far. Well, Well, so far, the end is in sight. Right. Uh huh. I mean, yes, we're, we're getting close. to reopening. We're, what, are you, what are you hearing about reopening? I'm hearing that you know, within a couple of months, we, you know, we might be back. I think so. Yeah, I think places are opening up pretty quickly. I just came back from North Carolina and Delaware, and everything seems to be open out there. Actually. Oh, is that right? No Interesting. Uh, where you, no yeah. one's wearing a mask. Ooh, you see, that's dangerous, though. If no one's Ooh, wearing a mask, we might, get, we might have to scary. go back inside. Yeah, we might have to go back inside. It's I don't scary. want that. Me I either. do not want that. Um, how were things out there? Were you, were you doing comedy? No. I mean, comedy, everything's, I don't know. Everything's kind of in suspense. Um, New York is fully closed, as you know. Of course. Um, I don't really have that many contacts over there, so I was just, Chilling by the pool. Nice. Chilling by the pool sounds I've been fun. lazy. <laughs> God damn it, you, you've had a la- you got me. I've been lazy. <laughs> How is your, so you, you've had a lazy quarantine? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, very lazy. Too lazy. Like the first few days I was like, I'm going to do this. This is a good time for writing. This is a good time for doing a lot of things. And then on the third day I was like, I'm going to give up. So two whole days it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> Two whole days the productivity lasted. That's pretty good. That's pretty. I fe- I really do feel like I have not been productive enough. I have been really beating myself up about that because I've written a lot of stuff, and it's mostly quarantine. So you know, there's not a whole lot I can do mm-hmm. with that. Now there there are there's other things. I was just I was just going through my notebook, and there is other material. So I need to kind of dredge up. Uh, some of the stuff, you know, just kind of chip away at some of the things I wrote that are not quarantine related, because obviously the quarantine stuff can't be doing that for too much mm-hmm. longer because we're not going to be in quarantine. Like I got to ditch all my Cuomo jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a whole bunch of Cuomo exactly. jokes. Those are, those are going out the window. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like all the comedians are going to come out of the quarantine with the same jokes, the same theme, and it's not going to be funny. So I'm trying to stay away from that, too. Are you trying to stay away from the quarantine stuff? <laughs> yeah. So, what, so, so have you been writing or? Be or doing it. That's, that, I think that's probably true. So have you been writing or not so much? Um, I've I've only been writing for the fake news show that I'm doing with Stephen Cohen. So that's right. been fun. So that kept me going, kept me on my toes a little bit. But also, again, you can't really use those jokes because it's all news. You know, news articles that probably will out, outdate themselves in a few. In a few weeks, months. So, or or days sometimes. I mean, you know, it happens and then it's gone. Or days, yeah. 
Yeah, so, so some months. of that just doesn't last. Imagine if we just, yeah, imagine if we just going to be closed for the rest of the year. Wow. <laughs> that would be weird. That would be really weird. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I, I, I have mixed feelings about coming back out because I, because I do feel like I'm starting to get my stride here. You know, I'm starting projects. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, you know, but at the same time, you know, it'd be nice to get to be nice to see people, be nice to get back on a stage. That would be really cool. I think I would enjoy that. Yeah, but it's still pretty scary. Like now you're so germ aware. <laughs> oh, like I'm bringing my microphone and holding the microphone. Hey, I'm bringing my own microphone. I got a, <laughs> I got one already, and I I am bringing it with me. There is no way I'm using that filthy thing. <laughs> I, yeah. I hope clubs are going to use those like microphone. Have you seen those microphone condoms that they have? Yeah, the fluffy yeah, ones. Like, uh, this is the one. That, I mean, it literally like, like a condom. Like you, you just pop. You, no, 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 no. Oh. Well, no, I don't think I haven't seen that. I've seen one that actually goes over the whole mic. Oh wow! I mean, I hope clubs will provide. And, that, and then the sound is like super muffled. It, like, it sounded okay, oh, but it, but I haven't done, I haven't done it live. I only yeah exactly because there's, there's nothing better there's nothing better than timing is just so good when the sound is muffled. It really is the best. I think it's just the best oh. with comedy because because comedy yeah. doesn't depend on timing. Well, you don't have to hear you don't have to hear the punchline. I mean, come on. Right. Well, I have I guess I have double the trouble because. Um, um, English is not my first language, and then sometimes the Russian accent comes out on its own, just lives its own life. Some days yeah, I, I wake up and I have I, a heavier accent. I was just thinking. I was <laughs> just thinking that. I, I was just thinking that. Yeah, so, 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 when, so when did you some, come to this country? Uh, I was 19 years old when I came here. And did yeah. you speak English or no? I did. I went to a university to study English, so that was. Um, I studied it professionally, so I didn't come with a really rough accent. I already had okay. pretty much a summer in California before that, so I think that's where I lost my Russian accent. Okay. Um, and and I always was trying to get rid of the accent, and I think I accomplished what I wanted earlier in the days, but now that I'm getting a little older, I've heard other people, like, other immigrants talking about this, how the accent actually keeps coming back and like becomes heavier the older you get. <laughs> oh, interesting. So I feel like I will be speaking with very heavy accent when I turn about forty or fifty. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. It just it just it just drops in. That's interesting. I wonder what I wonder why that is. Yeah, maybe, maybe you get older, I, you don't care. Yeah, it's like you don't think about it that much because, like, when I was in my teens, I really was trying to get rid of the ex, and I really didn't want to have that conversation with people that, like, I just came here, I'm fresh off the boat, I'm fresh meat. Like, I've heard it all, and I was trying to get rid of it. And then now that I'm a little older, I don't really care, and I think it's actually funny that I could put on an accent anytime I want, you know? And, you know, for comedic purposes. But, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it probably works for comedy. It probably works, probably works well for comedy. Yeah. Um, I felt like I stepped on the gold mine when I started comedy because I started, I think I did only one set with my regular accent. And then I had this one joke with a Russian accent. And it just well, it went so well every time. 
not every time, the first time. And then the second set, I just decided to do the whole thing in, in Russian accent, and it was incredible. Like, even the girl fell off the chair in the middle of the set, and I was like, all right, I'm on to something. This is Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if someone's falling off the chair, you yeah. want to go, go where that is. Go to, go to that town. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very, very good point. So um, how did you get started in comedy? Um, and I started actually not too long ago. I started in about like a year and a half in New York. I broke up with like my long term boyfriend and I was kind of angry ish and I wanted to do comedy for a long time, but I never started. And I was like, now is the time. Now I get my revenge. I don't know nah. what kind of purposes I started it, but, um, I love it. I can't live without it anymore. So I'm That's in. Great. That's great. That's terrific. Um, so you just you, first thing you did, you went to an open mic. Yeah, I I think I just googled open mics in the city, and then I just literally went to the closest one, which happened to be um, Old Man Hustle in East Village. So I popped in, put my name down, and did a set, and that's it, and just kept going from then on. Did you write anything, or did you just riff when you got up there? No, I wrote. Yeah, I wrote a bunch of jokes. I think I oh, had okay. uh, like about solid, solid five minutes, and oh, cool. obviously some jokes worked, some didn't. Yeah, I don't right, know. So I don't you, really. You, I don't think if you I, went to your first, you went to your first open mic with written material. You're you're a leg up on a lot of people. Yeah, I don't. I understand how people can like riff and do improv sometimes on the stage, but I feel like it takes years of practice to do that. I don't know. In my opinion, maybe just for myself. I don't well, think Gary I Gul- can do it. I think Gary I mean- Gul- Gary Goldman, you know him, the he's a big time comedian and he's big on Twitter and he 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 tweets out writing tips and one of the ones that I really like. He said a lot of comedians can get up there and just riff and come up with 5 minutes of material, you know, without writing and you are mm-hmm. not that comedian. You know, like like it's mm-hmm. like yes, yes, that is true that somebody can do that, but don't you know, don't think that that's you. Like you need to write and I think yeah. that's really good advice. Yeah, I think so, too. And I watched T.J. Miller do, like, some roast battles, and he was just riffing on things. And I was like, there is no way you can just riff on that. I'm sure he had, like, several words or phrases or, you know, little jokes up his sleeve to do that battle this easily. I don't, well, I don't, he's, he's been doing it for such a long problem. time. But <laughs> exactly. you don't, really, you don't believe – yeah. see, the thing about improv is, is it's practice. So, like, if you do it a lot, you know, you will come up with mm-hmm. funny things. Um, and sometimes you won't, but mm-hmm. the be- you know, there, and also there are people that are better at it than others. It's the same as anything else. Um, I, I mean, I've seen him. I, I saw Gary Goldman take apart a heckler, and I turned to someone. I said, "My God, that was amazing!" And somebody said, "Yeah, I just saw him do the exact same thing last week." So, like, sometimes it seems like it's a riff, but it's really not. So, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. But, so, but some of it genuinely is improv. Some of it just, you know, it comes out of being mm-hmm. in the moment and just being yeah. being that well, relaxed. I- yeah, I started going up on the stage with, like, just written jokes and pretty much kind of reciting it. But then I realized actually people liked when I just let myself go, go like, in the middle of the jokes or, like, after the jokes. Um, and I started not exactly riffing, but, like, commenting on my own jokes, which made it even more fun. And so now I've been doing it for a while. Um, cool. Yeah, I feel like it's it's all about, like, trusting yourself to let yourself loose on the stage and it usually comes out pretty funny 
Yeah, I think trusting yourself is really good. That's really good advice. That, that makes a lot of sense. Just being relaxed, yeah. you know, just just chilling yeah. out. Um, so, who are some of your favorite comedians? My favorite comedians are Andrew Dice Clay. Love that guy. He's okay. Hilarious. And and uh, Anthony Jeselnik. Surprisingly. Do you like it a little controversial? Because both of those guys are kind of controversial. Yes, and I like. I think they have. A, I don't want to say clean cut comedy, but not even polished. But I think they accomplish a lot with fewer words. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. They both don't have like longer, longer jokes. I don't think I can do. I feel like comedians are really different. Some comedians can do and riff like Dave Chappelle and talk about. Th- about one particular thing for three hours and make multiple jokes throughout the thing. And some comedians can't. I am one of those who needs uh, one sentence jokes. <laughs> right. I have a little longer jokes, but they're all pretty much just punchlines every 20, 30 seconds. And that's, the, that's how I write, I guess. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Don't let anyone tell you different. There's nothing, there is nothing wrong with having a punchline every 20 or 30 seconds. That's great. Yeah. That's the best. You know, that's what you that's what you want. You, you got to keep them laughing. You know, it's it's Yeah. I mean, well, when when you're Dave Chappelle, you will take the journey with him. Like we will we will follow him down that path because it's yeah. him. Yeah. And it's incredible you know? too. Yeah, it doesn't make it less funny. It's just a different style. Um, but but also he's He's Dave Chappelle, and like you know, if I get up there and start talking about issues, no one's gonna t- no one's really gonna want to walk down that road with me. Like, no, it's like, who are you? Why, why are you? Why are you talking about this? Where are the laughs? Like, why aren't you making me yeah. laugh? You know, especially especially you're talking about you know you're doing a you're doing a seven minute set at you know Greenwich at eleven o'clock at night on a Sunday. You better bring the funny. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you have to be amusing. There's yeah. no doubt. Like, yeah, you just, for sure. you, yeah, I mean, you know, there's no room for nonsense. Mm-hmm. But also, something really interesting happened a few months ago. I found myself in the middle of like, um, I think it was a storytelling event, and every person was coming up to the stage and telling their story. And I think they had a theme, and the theme was like ghosts or things or ghosts or aliens, and do you believe in it? And I was like, all right. And everyone had a different story. Some of them had scary stories but not a lot of them had a funny story so I went up the stage and it was like a really relaxed setting everyone was just sitting down sipping on drinks um super chill welcoming loose (laughs) environment so I went up and I did a I think it was about 10 minute story about not a ghost I can tell that story (laughs) like in short terms too but I, I've been telling that story, and people were having fun, and everyone was paying attention to it as well. So that was sort of interesting because I wasn't trying to be funny or anything. I was just telling the story. Well, it's a different, so it's a different it style. Felt, Storytelling is a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very natural, and people were paying attention. That was very curious experience. That's, that's yeah. good. That's, that's, I mean, maybe you should do storytelling mm-hmm. stuff like The Moth. You're familiar with The Moth on NPR? That's a big one. That's telling <laughs> stories. It's you know, it's it's not stand up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a different thing. I just had this it's terrific comedian, yeah, um, this yeah. terrific comedian, Daya Lakshman Ryan, and 
on one of my shows, mm-hmm. and she does storytelling and she does stand up, and it's a totally different act. You know, one has you know a like you know a punchline every twenty or thirty seconds, um, and then the stories there's a little more breathing room. You know, it's just different, mm-hmm. and there's more of an arc. It is it's just, different. You know, it's, yeah. it's just a total. It's a totally different stage. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was little, uh, eight or ten years old, I used to tell like my friends different scary stories, and I was really good at it because they usually appeared to be the scariest ones. <laughs> right. Now that now that I'm looking back, I guess I've been doing that for a, a much longer than I thought. Now, is is stand-up comedy a thing in Russia? Um, I thought it was not. Growing up, we had a few comedians, but they were more like it was a little di- it was a little different. There's only like a few of them, and they usually perform like in between the songs. <laughs> okay. Um, and then. In the university, we had teams of comedians. It's, it's like a different breed. It's kind of, it's not exactly improv, but you take a sketch to the stage and you don't have any props or anything, so you just imagine the props or make it believable on the stage to do your sketch. And you compete against other teams for doing the same thing. And I've been doing that with my university team for a long time. And that's, I guess that's a breed of comedy, but not exactly because it's also competitive. But well, it's not, it's not now stand-up that comedy, I left, but it's, com- it's comedy, just not stand-up comedy. Yeah, but since I left, I guess um, if the stand-up comedy actually developed there. I think we have a comedy club sh- TV show on TV, and then it just spread out from there. And now I think they actually do it stand up as it is. Um, I actually made friends with Russian comedians, and they asked me to do a few sets in Russian, but I just couldn't do it because I don't really get the references anymore in Russian since I haven't lived there in a while. Um, yeah, it's kind of strange. It's strange being write- like writing in Russian. And I just realized I can't do it. I just so I, translate so my American jokes for Russian. I, I would, I would, I was gonna say. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, I know nothing about the Russian language, but I would imagine there's enough differences that you can't just translate them literally. Mm-hmm. And I don't get a lot of references because I just I'm not in that culture right now, and they would be dropping jokes and just goes over my head because I'm not familiar with things anymore. Sadly. What about what about sort of more universal stuff? You know, family and culture, stuff like that. Would would that work? I think so, but I think the problem with me that I don't think Russian anymore. I think more American. And when I set up my jokes. I don't think it makes sense in Russian anymore. And I feel like we also have different sense of humor. And we find different things funny. Um, yeah, Russian style is a little. How do how would I explain it? It's a little more rough. Um, yeah, it's, just imagine. I guess <laughs> Russians making jokes is just dry, very dry humor. A lot of death stuff and. I was gonna say very dark, stuff. right? Isn't most isn't a lot of a lot of very dark, dark humor? Yeah. Very dark. Yeah, I think my comedy is very lighthearted. I mean, sometimes. It's Pretty dark, but it's all you, you'll know. It's hypothetical. Yeah, it's right. Not real. 
you know it's not serious. Every, you know everybody's okay. You know it's not serious. That's the important thing, yeah. that, everybody's, that everybody's all right. Everybody feels good, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, and I, I kill a lot of, like, friends and family members in my set, but it's just, it's just silly stuff. It's like I have this one joke. Um, my ex-boyfriend used to wake me up before my alarm would go off, so I stopped sleeping with knife. Now <laughs> I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's not, there's nothing or mean cat. about that. There's nothing wrong with that. Or a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so it's mostly it's mostly one-liners. Your stuff. Um. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because some one-liners just keep developing into something a little bigger. Right. Which is really interesting to see because, like I said before, I would I would just let myself say something after a joke sometimes on the stage and then suddenly a joke turns into another punchline and then just keeps growing and growing. And I have a few of those right now. And I think one of the one-liners that grew into something much, much bigger was um, back home, um, (laughs) you're either a pretty lady or a babushka. There is nothing in between. So that used to be just pretty much one-liner joke. And then they grew into something. Um, so back home, there's only pretty ladies or babushkas. I'm scared now because I'm a little older. I can wake up a, a babushka any day now. Hmm. And okay. then I just keep going and they keep growing. Um, I make a joke about not having teeth and stuff like that and blowjob. I don't know if we can talk about this here. <laughs> yeah, it's just fine. Yeah? Okay. Um, yeah, and it's just grew into this joke when I say, um, so I can wake up a babushka any day now, but it is okay. At least my blowjobs will be fired because it's <laughs> all about the gum jobs. There you am go. Am I right, boys? Am I right? And then I say, no teeth and no cry. Yeah. Okay. So that joke grew into something much bigger from just one liner. And I just right. kept so adding those things on the stage. It starts small and you keep adding like to it. it. But that's that's what you do. I mean, that, you know, and, and you say you add it on stage. That's the, the infamous writing on stage that we hear so much about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like riffing. It's not, I mean, it's not getting up there with no material, but, you know, you're, that, that, that's kind of like riffing. I, I think, I think uh, mm-hmm. you're doing it more than you realize. I think there's definitely. I think so. Um, so yeah. Um, is there anything you miss about okay, riffing? I think I, Oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, it's pretty much the same. Uh, I was going to say something, but it actually falls in um, as an answer to your questions. Oh, (laughs) you said what I miss from Russia. I I think the most biggest thing I miss is that um, I used to work on TV back home. I used to be a journalist, which also I think set a base for me to do comedy. Like the same thing, like you said, uh, you're going to the stage and you riff, but you actually have something um, like a base, like a base joke, and then you riff on that. I think I'm doing that sometimes because I, like I said, I used to work as a journalist, and then I would host a show, and I would have all these cards in front of me, and they all would say like just keywords, key topics, you know, what to talk about. And then I would just develop them on air, you know, just talk about this riff. And I think that helped me. That set me up also for a comedy because I would have those key jokes and then just go and run with them on the stage. 
Hmm. Okay. And that's the biggest thing I think I miss. Yeah. But I moved here and, and then for the longest time I thought I couldn't do journalism here because, you know, the competition is very high and I would probably have to go back cool for that a little longer. And I was just adopting to the new culture and yeah, and I never did it. But I think that's the biggest thing I miss. Um, that's a that's a good thing to miss. So, so you must have been pretty young when you were doing that. Yeah. Um, when I went to university, entered the university, I did like a silly skit with a friend for a show that they're doing in, at at the beginning. And then I got invited to do TV show for some reason. And I was very skeptical about it. I was like, I don't know about this. I haven't seen this show, but let me see and check it out. And I went and saw the whole thing, how a a real TV program is built and set and shot. And I just fell in love with it. I said, I just want to do it. Teach me anything. I'll do anything. I'll make you coffee every day. (laughs) Start small. But then, yeah, I worked there for a, a few years, the college which is okay. university. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so now you're also a model? Model, of course. Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a riff on, like, it's just this stereotypical Russian thing, like all Russians are models or strippers or programmers. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay. I did not know that. I did not know. I did not yeah. know that. So, so you, so you keep the character on stage. Like you pretty much stick to that. Like you don't break that on stage. Yeah, I started breaking a little bit, but I feel like it's not sustainable just to do character on stage the whole time, since I don't really speak like that. And like I said, some days my accent is heavier, some days it's not, and it's harder to concentrate sometimes on on the joke and the accent and everything else around it. I think I will be branching out a little bit and mixing it up. I, I think that's good. That's that sounds plan. Like good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be encouraging mm-hmm. and say you should do that. I'm not. I'm in no way suggesting mm-hmm. that you're doing anything wrong. But I think if you want to branch out, then that's a good thing. You should do that. Yeah, and I've heard some feedback from comedians as well because some of them started also doing something like that at the beginning of their career and they're like you're growing up Rena if you're going to be dropping the accent that's uh, that's a step in the right direction <laughs> but everyone's different again I, I have to see how it works on the stage and you know adjust to it right maybe the comedy will actually take a different shape later um, I mean, well, it's, it's got to stem from the material, right? I mean, ultimately, you know, the, what matters is the jokes. Like, if if it if you know works to tell the jokes with an accent, then sure, tell the jokes with an accent. Why not? Yeah, but, if not, but at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to be another Yakov Smirnov for the rest I, of I, my days. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say, I mean, he look, he's done very well for himself, but but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, in Soviet Russia, toilet paper wipe you. You know, I mean, it's just. There right. is a point where it's like, really? You know, joke tell you. And I mean, yeah. look, he had a TV show. He had a, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he just, but it's not, I, I could see where that was not a goal. I, I was, I was going to bring him up. I, I was, I, I was curious mm-hmm. if you uh, were familiar with him or not. I mean, I guess you got to be because mm-hmm. he's such a success story. Well, actually, I haven't seen anything of 
his. I just heard about him, and I, I heard how he became a laughing stock because he just kept doing the same thing over and over again. Um, once I started comedy, I actually stopped watching comedians, and I actually don't watch Russian or Russian-inspired comedians at all just to preserve my own vision of what Russian comedy means for me and what I want to do with it. So I only watch the, you know, the live sets when I do um, comedy in clubs and stuff like that. You're saying, you're saying you don't watch any comedy or you just, you don't watch Russian comedy. Um, I don't watch any comedy at all, but if somebody tells me, Hey, Hey, you should watch this, uh, this comedian, he's from Russia, or you should watch this comedian. He's from Finland, but he has very similar comedy than you. I don't want to do that because there is, I, I've read somewhere there's such a thing that um, you can actually steal jokes without realizing it. Oh, sure. Your brain tricks, your, tricks you into thinking that you're actually writing this joke, but it might be just, uh, you know, somebody else's joke that you heard, which is similar to your style, and you liked it and you thought it was funny, and then the next day you wake up and you're like, hey, I have an idea. But in reality, it's not your idea. So for that purpose, I'm trying not to watch any comedy. I just that's so interesting because one of the things that is recommended by, you know, comedy teachers and other comedians is you know you got to watch comedy. You got to spend a lot of time watching comedy and study it and really you know pay attention to it. Like I've been listening right. to comedy albums. Yeah. I, I just I just listened to a Mitch Hedberg album the other day. I mean, you know, I, I love Mitch Hedberg. He's the best. He's he's amazing. You know, he, he's he's uh, amazing. Well, he, he's also he's doing something that's very hard. One-liners are very hard. I that I started and all I did yeah. was one-liners, and I got to tell you, it's a heavy lift. It really is. I, I think it's, it's a not. Heavy lift. It, it's just it's not as easy. You know, I, I, yeah. I part part of me is very envious of people who get up and they just do one topic for five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But at the but at the same time. You know, I'm sure I've I've talked to them about it, and sometimes they'll say, "Well, I wish I could write a one-liner like you can." So. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah. I, I, I go back and forth when, when I'm writing. I sometimes do a lot of one-liners, sometimes I don't. But, um, but yeah, just in terms of listening to listening to other people, I just feel like that would be, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if I could do that. I, I, I get what you're saying that you don't want to, you don't want to accidentally mm-hmm. steal a joke because that, because that would just be, mm-hmm. I mean, stealing a joke is the worst thing is, uh, you know, it's like the worst thing you can do as a comedian. I mean, it's just that would just be horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, another thing that. You might just steal a topic as well, and then in the re- and then at the end of the day, every comedian is going to have the same topic to talk about. I mean, I understand there's only like this many things we talk about because <laughs> we're all you know boiling in this little pot in New York, but still, I I don't know. I I heard several comedians telling the same joke, and I'm sure they didn't mean to, or they didn't think they were telling somebody else's joke. But I don't know. Those things come up in shows, and you're like, wait, who actually wrote this joke? <laughs> Whose joke is it? Well, I mean, like, it's, it's, I, the I, angle I, I just, would be the same. Maybe, maybe like, the punchline wouldn't be the same, but the setup or the premise would be the same. It's true. That's very, it's I'm very just, true. But but that's okay. I mean, like, I, you know, uh, Brian, Brian Regan has a, has a Little League joke. I was working on a Little League joke. I'm not going to throw it out just because he has a Little League joke. You know, like I, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna still do yeah, it. Yeah, of course not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. but but what I'm not gonna do is do what he did. 
you know, he did a thing about, you know, when you play, you get a snow cone. I'm not going to do that. But part, but one of the reasons I'm not going to do it is that wasn't my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I don't I know. I read about just, writing I, I, jokes. Oh, oh, really? What do you like? What yeah. do you read? Um, right now I'm reading how, how to write funny. And then I'm just trying to like find different oh, Scott Dick, articles. Scott, Dicker, about Scott Dicker's book? Oh yeah, I, I, I actually right just I, really I just like start it. I just started that. How is it? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really useful. And then I just find myself keep writing like key points for myself on pieces of paper, and then I lose them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just gotta have a little more organization for doing that. But it's it's a really good book. I I have too many keynotes laying around <laughs> on pieces of paper from that book. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I put I put every I put everything into the computer these days. I, well, actually, that's not true. I have a notebook. I have like a composition notebook that I write in a lot. Um, but it I I do I could be, I could stand to be more organized too. I mean, I know people who have spreadsheets of like every joke they've ever written, and I'm I'm like uh, I'm not yeah. that organized. I mean, it's, it's, that'd be great. And I, I I started one, but you know, then I write new stuff and it doesn't really make it on there yet. So that takes that takes some work. So uh, at some point I'm right. gonna have to sit down and like organize all the see if there's any of the quarantine stuff that uh, that I can keep using. Some of it, some of it's got some of it's got legs, but some of it, some of it's got to go. Some of it's got to go away. Because <laughs> um, I agree with you, people are gonna come back and they're gonna talk about quarantine. But I think I think a lot of people are gonna be happy to not talk about quarantine. They're gonna be super excited mm-hmm. just to not get to not get into it. Mm-hmm. I also have this kind of FOMO. I feel like. Every single comedian besides me has been writing this whole time, and I haven't. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I've been I've been writing, but I have not been writing. Um, I I just I don't know. I I sort of wish I'd started a novel or stuff, you know, done something because I think cause I think I could have finished one. Yeah. You know, like I really I'm pr- I'm pretty good at that. Like I've finished books. I've I've written a couple of books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could totally if I just. You know, it was just not where my focus was. I sort of needed to. I, I think. I think we needed to keep ourselves sane. Is we needed to. We needed to. There was a mm-hmm. lot going on, and it was very distracting. So. Yeah. Um, it was really yeah. hard to concentrate. So hard to concentrate. I feel like so so writing, hard to concentrate. Yeah. Because I feel like for new jokes, you need new material, new experiences. You know, just breath of fresh air. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can never agree. get this right. I always say breath, breath of fresh air, which makes no sense. <laughs> it is breath of fresh air. What, what do you think? What do you, uh, what do you mean? Is it isn't it a breeze of fresh air? No, no, breath of fresh air, like like breathing in, like like so breathing. I, oh my god, I I did it right the first time. Yeah, you did it right. You Probably got it right, hundred <laughs> percent. No, no, no issue there. No issue. You you did you did it one hundred percent right. Oh really? What else do you make? Like what else? Remember, what else do you mix up? I remember the first year I was in New York and I wanted to buy a like a puffy warm vest because they were in style back in the day. And I went to the store and I asked a lady to help me find a vest. <laughs> she was really confused and I pretty much left the store crying because she couldn't help me find a vest because <laughs> I was looking for a vest. Nice. <laughs> nice. You know cool. what? I, you know what I wanted to ask you. Why um, do Russians? Why do Russians think they invented everything? 
Well, I just that's always been sort of a running joke. Like that goes all the way yeah. back to the original Star Trek series, where like you know, in, in the original Russian, you know, like or, you know, Shakespeare written in original uh-huh. Russian, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. <laughs> right. I think that culture comes from uh, us being invaders and thieves because we like to claim other things as our own. Um, and it's been going on for obviously more than 2,000 years. <laughs> like, for example, um, Russian nesting doll is not a Russian at all because the first um, Russian nesting doll, dolls were found in China before Russia even existed. Oh, so wow. things like that. And, yeah, yeah. I did not know not that. A lot of, not a lot of people know this fact, but it's true. <laughs> and then we like... <laughs> And then we like to spice things up. Like you think Russia is so huge and powerful and we have an, you know, a lot of natural gas there and resources. And since it's so big, it's probably a lot of people living there too. But in reality, we actually occupy about 20% of the whole territory because the rest 80 is absolutely unlivable. Mm. So things like that. I think we like to inflate our image um, to the point that it's just obscure and ridiculous. But, yeah, I think we like to claim other things as ours. And that's why, of course, we invented everything and everybody. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> everything and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, uh, Rinovska, thank you so much for doing the show. I really appreciate it. This has been really, really fun. Thank you. And um, I hope, yes, hopefully, we've never met, but I hope we can actually meet and I'll see your comedy in person. That would be really nice, right? Absolutely, yeah. That would be very nice. All right. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you on the social medias. At Renovska on Twitter, at Renovska on Instagram, Renovska.com. Ooh, Renovska.com. Nice. That's yeah, good and stuff. And YouTube channel is coming up, too. Yeah. All right. It's all Renovska everywhere. If you can spell it, you can find me. (laughs) (laughs) I will look all that up. Um, All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Everyone, we will be back tomorrow um, at 11 a.m. And as always, as we ask, please, please, please stay safe. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too.